0: Hey, everybody, before I get you into the episode, I want to give you a little bit of background. Um, Anuj is a good friend of mine. He's one of the trainers here at ANI and he has his own uh, consulting firm in India. And it's been a while since we uh, chatted. And so we were super excited, and our conversation was exceptional as it always is. And I realized after a few minutes, I said, you know what, this content, like what we're doing right now in our conversation, we should just share this. And he was cool with it. So what you're going to see in this episode that's a little bit different is that you're going to essentially be dropped in the middle of this conversation. Um, And so you'll be kind of like a fly on the wall and hear how we typically talk. (laughs) And what I found is that people really enjoy these types of episodes because it's really organic and it shows the, the depth of the relationship that I have with the guest so let me know your feedback on this let us know what we can do to make this cleaner for the next time but the conversation was going so well that I wanted to make sure that I I could share it in its um, most organic state so that's why the format is a little bit different in this episode and I'm not going to steal Anuj's thunder when it comes to introducing himself the introduction for Anuj is coming probably in about five minutes so without further ado let's drop you right into this conversation
1: yes hello
0: there he is how are you man good good it's so awesome to see you likewise it's been forever you do not know know. how refreshing it is to see you this is uh, this is exactly what
1: i needed today How, how have you been thank you so much thank you yeah all has been great uh it is 20 months that we've been in india now And I absolutely don't feel any uh, regrets. I mean, of course, I love America, but don't feel any regrets of leaving America. Uh, Things have been great here. Of course, I would have uh, loved to stay over there a little bit more. But uh, one of the main goals of uh, coming closer to the family, that worked very well. We've been with both sides of parents, my wife's and mine. We've been uh, uh, lucky enough to spend a lot of time with them and uh, and then i started off my venture which uh, has been on my mind for a long time now right and uh, and finally i got a chance to to be the, that that uh, entrepreneur that uh, uh, my own boss which is uh, refreshing rewarding and i can't i, I can't even explain uh, or express how i have been missing this for so long i mean you you know it right it's yeah. it's a pleasure of a lifetime that is great man i'm happy for
0: you i'm happy for you cuz i remember talking through it with you at the beginning and of course right. there there there's always the there's always that trepidation when you're starting something new it's like oh, i haven't done this before and so i'm i'm really happy to see that that things are going well and you're an
1: an inspiration too right thank you <laughs> i appreciate it I, that, I that means i in, i've been i've been in touch with you for a long time now. I see how you have developed yourself your team uh, how you contribute to the others uh, the fact that you gave me this big um, uh, an opportunity to join n i as a trainer i mean I can't forget all that i appreciate that man it was it's a it's an honor and a pr-
0: privilege. Because you know, the, you know, you already know this and it's it, your work is exceptional. And I, I just love to be able to share yes. that with folks all around the world, you know? So I'm, I'm excited you so for much. you. So you, everything that you, fact, you've uh, gotten, you've earned.
1: I, 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 I totally uh, appreciate and I'm honored. In fact, uh, I teach uh, something called relationship enrichment now. Uh, basically how you can develop relationships uh, not only for the shorter term, but for, for a sustained, long-term relationship. Uh, that's why it's called relationship enrichment. It's not called relationship development. It's enriching relationship for the longer term. And uh, and I I take the pleasure and the uh, the liberty to explain a, a few cases from my life where I have been i think i have been lucky enough to have good relationships and one of the examples i give is uh, is you Kwame. so oh, i you. explained to people i explained to people how we started off you know uh, just on linkedin saying hello to each other i don't know if you even remember that we 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 missed our first two appointments uh, and yes. we couldn't we couldn't get in touch and then finally we we didn't give up first of all uh, because we had that both of us had that thing in our mind that we want to to at least sustain that or build that relationship first and then sustain it. And and then how we have uh, developed this over the last few months and years, right? I mean, uh, through a constant nurturing, what I call is you have to nurture a relationship. And we have been constantly nurturing our our relationships by uh, either you agreeing and and willing to give me an opportunity to join ANI as a a trainer, Or, or for you to uh, agree to write a foreword for my book, and uh, and for me to to take whatever or do whatever I can to help you in any any certain any particular way, I think those are all ways to nurture relationships.
0: Oh, it's brilliant. I love this, and it's it's also you know it's great to take a walk down memory lane to just just revisit that because as you're saying that I'm like yes these are the things that happen this is great I mean it's it's just uh it's an example of you living your your ideals like your your values mm-hmm. and what you teach yeah. this is just what you do naturally that's great oh man
1: and and this is and I and I'm so happy that I have. Uh... I have this real life case that i'm willing that, that i'm able to share with uh, with folks with who want to learn what what does real relationship enrichment actually mean i say this is what you have to do you plant a seed you can't leave it you have to talk to this to the plant as the seeds start germinating you have to actually talk to the plant you have to nurture it and only then you get the rewards and and it's not the rewards that you're finally looking for you want to see something healthy in front of you and that's that's what a healthy relationship is like
0: absolutely yeah and there's there's no avoid there's no avoiding the work it takes work right. you can't shortcut it
1: exactly exactly it's not overtime
0: yeah oh this is good so how about we just start it now um, tell the listeners yeah. about yourself or what you do and and don't forget to talk about the books in addition to yes. negotiation arena too
1: okay uh, thanks a lot kwame it's a pleasure having uh, been on this uh, podcast uh, edition once before it is an honor to be here again, and, uh, and I'm so happy and ecstatic, basically, to be here on Diwali, which is our Indian, Indian festival. Today is, is the festival of Diwali, and, uh, and I'm so glad to be he- uh, here on this podcast on the day of Diwali. Now, uh, just a little bit about me. I developed this passion for negotiation by chance due to a failed negotiation. I mean, imagine what happens when you when you go through an experience. Uh, I wouldn't say failed. I think I probably would call it more of a learning experience. And, um, and it gave me a great opportunity to dive deeper into what negotiation world brings to everybody. For those who haven't learned negotiation on a, in a structured way, I would highly encourage everybody to just jump into it, learn a little bit, uh, First, start getting a little bit uh, deeper into it by learning some high-level strategies. But then what I did in my life is uh, when I had that learning, that experience, uh, and, and immediately a few months after I joined my MBA program, and uh, the MBA program actually gave me a great opportunity to dive a lot deeper into negotiation, the world of negotiation. I had the leadership and influencing model, uh, sorry, leadership and influencing module, which was a deep dive into the persuading techniques by uh, Professor Cialdini. And then uh, the full module on negotiation, four and a half days of negotiation. And with all the case studies and and role play simulation, it actually gave me a a big uh, idea in my mind that this is something that I need to dive deeper after my MBA. And that exactly uh, is uh, is what I did. I came back uh, immediately after my MBA, started researching and I did a lot of things. I I read books, almost all of them that were prescribed. I read all the articles provided to us. uh, Of course, there was a huge list of podcasts uh, which I listened to, not all of them, but many of them. And I kept developing myself. I joined the Harvard program on negotiation. And uh, the biggest learning came from observing people. So when you are in a meeting and there are people negotiating, that's the best way to learn negotiation. You can see people. uh, And and by that time, I had actually learned strategies. I had learned a few different uh, ways and approaches uh, and the process of negotiation. So what I could do is I could easily see people doing things uh, either uh, well or maybe not that well and these are the opportunities you have to observe people to learn from what they're doing and that actually gave me a, a great feeling because i i thought that uh, for 20 years of my life i didn't learn negotiation i think i left a lot of value on the table but now i had this great opportunity to make amends and uh, not only learn and and uh, and for my own but i think uh, teaching negotiation came along the way because i th- i thought once i Knew all this. I should be sharing it with people, just like uh, you do, Kwame, right? I mean, it is great to be uh, to add value to others. And I started teaching negotiation, and it immediately changed the uh, my my life has changed a lot. It has transformed completely since I uh, ventured into teaching negotiation. And then along the way came my first opportunity to publish my book, which was uh, the first book, uh, negotiation potion, and it did pretty well because I what I did was. All those things that I observed uh, in my day-to-day life, all those conversations I had with people, the surveys that I shared with people and got their uh, experiences, all those were uh, put into the book. And you know, the, the some of the highlights and the feedback from the readers was it was a simple read and we could relate to it. And that is what made it perfect because people could see that these are the things that they go through every day. And uh, why don't, why haven't they learned negotiation uh, all this while? And that is exactly what I wanted to share with them. And, uh, and I didn't stop there. I mean, it was great uh, publishing my first book, but then the idea that came to mind is I didn't learn negotiation for 20 years of my life. And I don't want others to be in that same boat, right? I want kids and young adults uh, to start learning negotiation early in their life. And uh, that thought came to me a a few days or weeks after I published my first book. And I said, okay, I'm going to at least try and and write something, publish something for the young audience. And for them to at least, the the first objective was become aware that there is negotiation. There's something called negotiation, right? And there's something that they should learn. I mean, that is what I stress on, uh, that there is something that you should learn. Of course, you have to learn Uh, Your subjects uh, at school, but then if you don't learn these things, you might have to at some point face uh, face these scenarios where you have to negotiate and you might have to do it intuitively or on a trial and error method. And I don't think that will bring you great success. So I thought I will uh, create that awareness first of all, and then maybe even share some strategies and techniques uh, via my second book, which was uh, We Can Negotiate Too for kids and young adults and i have to say that has done much better than my first one <laughs> so so the, so i i feel great that uh, parents first of all so thanks to all the parents if you're listening and also the kids have had this uh, great uh, the, the 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 focus on learning and uh, and the focus on uh, learning something that will actually help them so I think that is great for me, and uh, this hasn't uh, stopped because what I did was while I teach corporates, while I teach adults and professionals negotiation, I also started teaching kids and young adults negotiation. So now I teach at two schools, uh, negotiation, as well as a super skills program. And what is super skills? Basically, super skills are those skills like negotiation, skills that we use every day, but we never learn. And uh, and, which, uh, and these skills are what I think we should, in every scenario, we should teach kids and young adults, because these skills are what will make them succeed. Uh, of course, with their technical abilities and their technical knowledge in STEM or, or whatever area they are in, these skills are what will take them uh, forward and push them to the uh, higher and higher levels and towards success. And I feel that uh, if we don't teach these skills uh, early enough, they will have they would have uh, lost a lot of value or maybe a lot of opportunities uh, because of not having learned these skills early.
0: Does your company invest in professional development training? Oh this is great. And listeners you can already tell why I love talking to Anuj. This is this is incredible because you're you're addressing this from multiple angles because you're realizing yes adults we have not had access to this material. So you're trying to educate the adults the professionals um, but then you're also realizing hey if we don't educate the youth, they will turn into n- adults that don't know how to negotiate. So right. we have to create programs for younger people as well. I think that's that's really, really fascinating and very, very necessary. And now mm-hmm. that you've had the opportunity to teach hundreds of professionals at exceptionally high levels in negotiations, and now you've had the opportunity to teach young people how to negotiate, and you've been Mm. a successful author in both of those arenas. What would you say is the key difference when you're communicating the message to adults versus communicating that message to children? The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA.
1: i think there is uh, while uh, while we we will come to the the differences in a bit but i think the first thing that attracts both the both these categories of learners uh, either either adults or children or young audiences the first thing that attracts both of these uh, categories of audience is the fact that this is important right it is something that they absolutely need to learn and and when i present uh, the difference, uh, like you said, the, the question that was about the differences, I present these cases as something that they face on a day-to-day basis. So, for example, when I present it to adults uh, and when I teach uh, corporates, I know that they are in a particular field and they're negotiating on a day-to-day basis, either with their bosses or their stakeholders, clients, or whoever they are, right? So, so they're, they're negotiating on a day-to-day basis. and they're also negotiating at home. So both on professional and personal fronts, they are negotiating. So it's easy for me to highlight that. The difference when I mention this to kids, of course, is that I have to make it relatable to them. And it is extremely easy to make this relatable to kids because I have one slide, and and that is a slide that always wins, uh, wins the ball for me, is I have this slide that has uh, some candy on it, some food, uh, some gadgets, time, maybe some uh, clothes and accessories, whatever it is. Right? I have a few different things, and I ask them, "Do you negotiate on a day-to-day basis for these things?" And they all raise their hand. They're they're happily uh, claiming and admitting that, yeah, these are the negotiations that they face on a day-to-day basis. So the moment I make it relatable to them, the the learner, the young audience immediately gets attracted to the stock and now they want to succeed. How, do they, how can they get more candy? How, how can they get more slices of pizza? Uh, these are the things that they, they want to, of course, uh, with other things um, that I share with them. Uh, I think they, they want to succeed at the negotiation, not only now, but all the, uh, over a longer term in their life and careers. And the other thing that I do differently for the young audience versus the the older audience or the, the the professional audience is that i make it a lot more fun for the for the younger audience so i include a lot more kahoots, for example and they learn a lot via kahoot you know uh, every time what, kahoot what, what's that word i'm not familiar with that word so it's uh, kahoot is a is a platform where you can create assessments like quizzes basically and you share these uh, quizzes and it's com- competitive so basically what happens is i i have uh, my quizzes on kahoot and as i sh- keep showing these questions and and quizzes they all have to select the right answer and uh, it makes it a lot more competitive for them because then they can immediately see how they're progressing uh vis-a-vis the uh, the other classmates or or learners and And at the end, they have a podium and I I give them a little, uh, a small reward and things like that. So it makes a lot more fun for them learning via cahoots, not only via my slides, of course, my slides and examples and all those are are good to a certain extent, but it is the Kahoot that makes them learn a lot more and and then basically absorb a lot more.
0: That's great. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So it, it sounds like essentially it starts with number one, making it relatable. So right. they can see where negotiation comes into their life organically and how it can improve their lives. And number two, when you're um, teaching kids, it has to be fun as well. So you're more intentional about creating interactive lessons that are enjoyable. So there you are.
1: Okay. So so basically what I would think is while we all like to learn from, from a teacher or a trainer, and we all like to learn from the slides that we are presented, i think uh, the other way that people have a lot of fun is through interaction and come uh, like we do in in your trainings we ask people a lot of questions right and that is what gets them engaging and interactive and uh, and also it's fun for them to to be to participate so so negotiation arena is a lot more interactive uh, and basically the whole time that the participants are in that session of, of negotiation arena, the whole time they are interacting with each other. And that's because they have s- scenarios that they have to either share views, all of them have to share views, or they have to discuss with each other. And via, via that kind of a serious and uh, high interaction that they ha- that they have to go through, it makes it a lot more fun. And then there's also scoring and winning and, and rewards and all that stuff built into the negotiation arena. And at the end of the day, any number, I have played this with uh, participants for three hours and they don't feel how the, how quickly the time went by. And that's because mainly the f- the fact that they're having so much fun.
0: This is so cool. And so with negotiation arena, is this a platform you created or are you using somebody else's platform?
1: It's a platform that I created from scratch. So I first created the physical version of it and, uh, I created all the cards and then I, I also created the online version. So I have, I now have an online version, which uh, I got uh, made in front of me. So it was developed by uh, one of the service providers here, but, uh, it is a lot more i mean the same fun that you would have in a physical version it's also built into the online version so you have a spin wheel where you you click the spin wheel you at your turn you click the spin wheel and you get a topic and as soon as your topic is selected a card would pop up online and the the card that pops up has a scenario and you read the scenario and you discuss the scenario, either you present your views and you discuss with others. So the game continues like that uh, online. And at the end of the game, then there's a winner that uh, is selected uh, based on the points. There's a winner that pops up uh, on the screen. So it's it's a lot of uh, fun, even in the online version. Wow, kudos,
0: kudos, that's great. And it's, it's great to see um, people who are really into the field like you starting to create these tech platforms because that's really the future. You know, because um, right. at this point, a significant portion of our trainings are virtual and online and you want to find these ways to engage people in a similar type of way. So this is this is really impressive. Kudos on that.
1: I think I'm very happy to have been uh, at least so deep in negotiation that I can create a platform like this because it wouldn't have come to me if i hadn't learned negotiation over the few years it wouldn't have come to me i mean 100 plus scenarios creating those scenarios by itself is is a lot of effort and uh, and most of these scenarios are from my day to day life and experience so uh, so i have uh, things that i i know people can relate to and when i present these uh, scenarios to people when they have to go through those scenarios they know that these are the face uh, these are the things that they face uh, in their day to day life and the the responses that come out from them is also great because now they have probably had that experience and they are sharing what they did in that kind of a scenario. And then everybody learns from that. That's great. So can you give an
0: example of one or two of the scenarios that comes up in the game?
1: Sure. So one scenario would be, uh, for example, I in one of my workshops, I heard from a sales leader of that company, of that organization. And the sales leader said, I would think that in order for uh, me to teach my team members negotiation, I would pick the sales team members only to learn negotiation. Now, that is a statement that a sales leader made. And uh, while it's a statement that somebody has made, I present that as a scenario to my uh, audience in negotiation arena is, what do you think about this statement, right? What do you think about uh, teaching negotiation only to the sales uh, team members? And then a lot of the responses that come through uh, from participants is that it's not only sales, it's uh, a lot of other team members within the organization that learn need to learn negotiation. I mean, for example, marketing, logistics, operations, uh, finance, uh, m and all these activities need a high level of uh, negotiation ability. And uh, and I don't know why. I mean, to be honest, I don't know why that sales leader thought that only salespeople should be taught negotiation. Uh, but that became a scenario for me to ask people. I mean, that's just one example. There, there are a few more examples. Like uh, if you had to prepare, would you keep your interest in mind or would you keep the other party's interests also in mind? i mean that's i mean i'm um, it's it's worded uh, differently but that, that's the scenario and uh, when i present that it's basically meant to uh, teach the audience or share with with them that it's not only your interest it's the interest of yourself as well as the other that make the uh, negotiations more successful so so these are the kind of scenarios and there uh, like i said 100 plus scenarios and uh, and there, there are some case studies, real-life case studies. So I have an example from a negotiation from my life that I have put in, uh, in a good uh, format for them to think and deliberate on what would they do in that kind of scenario. So all these things make them, first of all, think, plus uh, engage with each other. And, uh, and that's the fun in learning. That's great.
0: Yeah, that's smart. And it's, it's really cool to see how you're able to get people to engage, but you're getting them to engage on something that is practical, something that's real. Right. These are right. real scenarios from your life that you're having them discuss and, and practice those skills. So I can see that there is not just the skill set being developed, but also the mindset as well where Correct. for example with the uh, the interests should you consider your interests or other people's interests that's that is somewhat a skill for sure i didn't like issue spotting and recognizing that but right. also
1: you have to have that underlying desire to care <laughs> to yeah. do it exactly exactly. <laughs> exactly and that's the that's the main point is uh don't always think about yourself right think about the other so uh, like you said care uh what comes along uh, as a response to that i think uh I would expect some of the participants to also say, yes, in that case, we need to have empathy because if we need to understand their interests, we need to understand them first and, and, and along the way, understand their interests. And, and by understanding the, the other person, that's where empathy comes in. Like you said, care comes in. And, uh, and these are the things that they, they learn as a part of these scenarios. That's great. And now that
0: you've had an opportunity to teach negotiation and practice negotiation as a professional in the United States at a very high level at some of the biggest companies in the US. And now you've had the opportunity to teach negotiation and negotiate as a business owner entrepreneur in India. What Mm -hmm. would you say are some cultural nuances that you found to be surprising when you compare those two cultures?
1: yeah i think that's a great question uh, this is uh, something that a lot of participants when i share with them they it really opens their eyes to how cultural differences or those nuances as you call as you mentioned how those can have a huge impact on the success of your negotiation so for example in a negotiation in in the us uh you would probably be a lot more straight to the point, to the issue, to the, to the, to the matter, discuss those a lot more. I mean, of course, building relationships is, is key, but the getting to the point is, is a lot more important in the U S. Whereas in, uh, in cultures like on the Eastern side, you probably develop relationships through uh, at least a couple of meetings first. And, and I have heard this from other people uh, that are uh, my connections that I have had uh, who uh, who do business with uh, clients, they actually, they actually go to the client a couple of times and don't discuss business at all. They probably have drinks or, or uh, share, uh, go maybe dine outside first, couple of meetings, get to know each other, and then that's when they uh, start discussing business because it's all about creating that uh, relationship first, which I think doesn't matter as much. I mean, it, it, of course, matters everywhere to have that relationship, right? Matters everywhere. But it's not as critical in the West as it is in the East. So so these kind of cultural nuances, of course, matter a lot. I mean, and then habits and, and uh, different... Uh, different things you do, actions and habits play a huge role. Imagine you were 10 minutes late to a meeting in the U S you would probably f- have to feel really bad about it, right. That you were 10 minutes late in, in other cultures in the East, 10 minutes is nothing. I mean, that's, you get a 30 hour, a 30 minute uh, grace sometimes to, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so habits and actions have to accordingly change. And and I'm saying this because I have come from the U.S. and I expect everybody to join my meeting on time. And when it doesn't happen, I sometimes uh, get a bit flustered. Why uh, has the meeting not started yet? Right? It's ten minutes over, and uh, and we're still uh, not uh, on the way in in the meeting. But in in uh, some of the eastern regions, it's a culture. It's fine. It's Ten minutes is is okay. Uh, 10, 15 minutes is sometimes also okay. Even in physical meetings, sometimes you have to wait for fifteen minutes. It's it happens that, uh, and especially with uh, with traffic and and with everything that is here, it is sometimes uh, is is almost uh, okay to be a bit late. So things like that make a lot of uh, knowing these things basically make a lot of sense in how you conduct business here and how you change and modify your expectations of people.
0: This is great, Anuj. So many, so many golden nuggets here. So first we have the length of time that it takes to build rapport. And so in in the East, you're taking more time to build that rapport. Um, Then talking about the actions and habits the different behaviors that are demonstrated, and then not just the behaviors, but also the perceptions of those behaviors. And right. so if you have that cultural intelligence and you're familiar with how time is a little bit more flexible, um, then you can say, okay, if somebody's late, it's not personally offensive to me. But if you come in with that, just the the Western mindset being extremely efficient, then you take offense. Is this person disrespecting me? Do they not take this seriously? And now we're misreading the entire situation, right? Right. This is really, really great. And it's it's funny because I think about it with some of the the clients that we have. Um, In the US, we can kind of be a little bit too transactional where we're tying our time to dollars in a way which can be problematic if we don't consider the culture too, because we're saying- Well, this deal is becoming more expensive. If I have to meet Mm. with uh, with people like three, (laughs) like three times more, (laughs) then shouldn't I be paid for that? It's like, hey, we're not going to have like a a cultural surcharge here. (laughs) You just have to understand (laughs) like how how to do
1: business in different cultures. That's true. This is good. This is really great. And these are just a couple of examples. I mean, there are there are tons of examples that come to mind, uh, which uh, I have presented in my book as well as uh, uh, in uh, my articles. I have written some articles where I presented these things. And uh, I think uh, it is way, way more important for you to be culturally aware. First of all, know that culture plays a huge part in your, in your negotiation. I ask this question in many of my workshops also. Are you culturally aware? do you first of all know that there are differences that you have to keep in mind? Now, after you're culturally aware, are you culturally inclined? Meaning, yes, you are aware, but now are you making efforts to uh, get to that stage where you know how uh, the culture plays an impact and how you can adapt to those cultures? So these are the things that I always ask uh, people, uh, especially in in the southeast uh, part of Asia, there are so many different cultures. And you can see that in some in some region, some uh, countries and, and regions, like just take India, for example. In India, there could be three or four different cultures. Uh, while the nation might have an overall culture, there are so many society cultures. Like a society in the north will be different from a society in the south, south of India. Similarly, in uh, countries like Singapore, for example, there could be society cultures. There there's a national culture, of course, but there are, a, there are different societies within Singapore. And each of those societies might have a different culture. So you need to be aware and inclined uh, to the cultural uh, aspects to that level.
0: This is so good for a number of reasons. So the the first reason, obviously, listeners, you would be able to follow this. The reason why I said this is so good is because it is objectively valuable information. <laughs> right. So this is great. And then uh, thinking about it from the perspe- perspective of the American Negotiation Institute, um, we have our trainings on cultural intelligence. And now okay. having this conversation here I'm realizing that there are so many different levels that we can take this when it comes to the trainings that we do. So having that cultural awareness and cultural being culturally inclined, like that's the next level. Now we're talking a little right. bit more strategically about what these cultural nuances mean for you actually as a negotiator sitting at the negotiation table. Then we could also right. have negotiation, like cultural, spe- culture-specific negotiation trainings negotiating with the East, so on and so forth, right? So imagine if one of our clients is is trying to land a big deal in India. Well, hey, your team needs to be trained by Anuj specifically, right? So this is right. great.
1: Uh, yeah, a lot of nuances. I mean, I, I have lived in the US for a long time, uh, 15, almost 15 years. I've lived on the East side for a long time. So in Singapore and in India, I can see so many differences. And then of course, uh, you know, that communication and body language plays a huge part in cultural inclination. So it's not only about what you do, but it's also about how you do and how you say things. And that also is, is a major part of uh, how you would deal with people across cultures.
0: This is so good. Oh, Man, Anuj, if I did not have another podcast coming up right after this, um, I, <laughs> we would keep on going. But I appreciate you, brother. This is this is phenomenal information, and I'm, I'm pumped to share it. We're going to put links to, to your company, to your right. your books and everything in the description. So, listeners, <laughs> make sure you check that out. Super excited to share. And now I'm even more excited because I'm realizing Kai's seventh birthday was a couple of weeks ago. I think he's now graduated to the level where I can now appreciate <laughs> this. Uh, he can appreciate these negotiation gems. So I'm, I'm going to buy your second book today. I already have the first one. So Thank um, you. Book, oh, my pleasure. And so before you go, uh, remind the listeners again about who you are and how they can get in touch with you.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, so I am available on most platforms, but I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to find me easily, that would be on linkedin so you just go and search anuj jagannathan and you would you would find uh, my profile i am happy to connect with anybody i mean for all the listeners here uh, i share negotiation nuggets on linkedin almost every other day and we are probably at 77 or 78 now uh, negotiation nuggets and each of those nuggets are again from my day to day life from things that i have seen people doing or not uh, doing well or not doing well and uh, and those are all nuggets i share on linkedin uh, and other platforms also but primarily on linkedin uh, so the idea being you can easily find me on linkedin and if you want to reach out to me and say oh i heard you on comes uh, 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 negotiation and uh, negotiate anything podcast and i have a question for you um, we are doing a business in India or, or anything, whatever it is. Right? You have a question for me? I would be happy to answer it for you, and and always willing. Uh, so just just take the reference uh, Kwame's name, and I would I would jump to your message immediately. So <laughs> so, so feel free to reach out to me. Uh, again, um, my company Propellers uh, Consulting. Again, you would find that in my profile. We do a lot of workshops in India and also, sh- uh, uh, like I said, the negotiation arena is a great way to experience negotiate, negotiation learning in a fun and engaging way.
0: This is great. Everybody, make sure you take advantage of Anu's, Anuja's uh, generous offer here. He is genuine and he will take you up on that. So make sure you connect with him and links to everything will be in the description of this episode. Anuj, my friend, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you and a huge congratulations comment to you on your second book, which I have ordered. Unfortunately, since it cannot be delivered easily in India, I have ordered it to a cousin's home in the US and he's coming here next week. So I'm so excited that I'll have my copy Uh, by the end of next week and uh, and i will be able to start reading it and and learn all the great stuff that you have in that book
0: congratulations you've just joined an elite club by listening to a full episode you're now officially on the negotiate anything team so welcome aboard